This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm your other guest host, Andrew. That's right, folks. Returning for a second stint as guest host on the Complete Guide to Everything um, from the hit podcast Punch Up the Jam and the Gregory Brothers. Here, here he is, Andrew Gregory. I mean, you just said your name. I guess everybody knows who you are. Well, I didn't say my last name, though. No, I know that you've taken great pains to keep your name secret, Tim. But if I slip and accidentally call you Timothy during the podcast, is that okay? Will that oh, give we'll away... Oh, we'll bleep that. I'll, I'll bleep okay. the oathy um, of that Okay, I, I, know you've, I know you've taken great pains to to make sure your fans don't know your your real your real name is timothy and not Tim. Yeah, another that's more editing work i have to do now thank you thank you for that andrew um you know i don't want to i don't want to pimp my podcast out too much tim but i will say our podcast is the only podcast that has made an explicit pledge to never uh say that we're going to edit something out and then not edit it out later right yeah okay. we made we made that we made that pledge the first well, uh, first what? episode we this show's been uh, going since two thousand nine, so that was like a novel. That was a fresh joke when we started. <laughs> when we started you guys, doing it, you guys probably we're, invented that joke. We're grandfathered in. We 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 do all the stuff. Hey, uh, a hangout podcast of two guys talking about uh, nothing for about an hour. Yeah, you can't launch one of those in twenty twenty two. Two thousand nine, the biggest thing in uh, in freaking podcasting. So these guys are just hanging. out. Out, they're like turn up the dial, turn up the radio dial. What? It's not on a radio dial. Yeah, blew people's minds. Andrew, uh, Tom, and I walked so you and Evan could run, basically. So you're welcome. Okay, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't be busting your chops. Um, let me uh just address uh Tom. Uh, was supposed to be back. He had the audacity to go get COVID. Mm. So, uh, you know. So Andrew is uh, ably stepping in here. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for doing this. We are doing this remote. Yes. Yeah, and I, I have to admit, at first we we're gonna, I was going to come over to your apartment and do it, Tim. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I, we're doing it at Tim's apartment, yeah, no way Tom can come over. We, I, this makes a lot of sense. I'm guest hosting. But now that we're doing it remote... Just when we were starting, I was like, I, I guess, I guess Tim's just, uh, uh, I guess Timothy's just really, really tired of Tom because he, he's doing a remote with me. He could have been doing a remote with Tom. Could have been doing a remote with. But uh, hey, I listen. I listen to the podcast. I already know how tired you are, Tom. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> the man is is sick. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't be talking about this. You're right. um, you I, never I speak ill of the sick. That's the old. Never saying. speak ill of the ill. They got enough yeah. ill going on. That's a much better saying than mine. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you were here uh, at uh, a very exciting time, Andrew, and I, I don't think you knew this until uh, a couple hours ago, but every every October here on The Complete Guide to Everything, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, hey, we, it's not October. It's freaking Halloween month. No. A whole month? A whole month of Halloween themed, spooky themed uh, topics. Wow. Uh, Knock your socks off. Terrifying topics uh, like uh, the 1966 cartoon uh, TV special. uh, It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Very scary. Very scary. We've done, we've done other, we've done, uh, 
bones in the past. We did an episode about bones, not the TV right. show, the actual bones. Like bones in your body. Yeah, but like skeletons. So that's, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the devil. Okay. There was one, uh, there was an episode, I think, a year or two ago where Tom and I actually went to hell. No. So Halloween month. That's pretty Andrew, scary. Yes, it's pretty scary. So um, thank you for joining, uh, for being brave enough to join during, I, during Halloween month. I mean, you asked me in September, today is October 1st. If I'd known what I was getting myself into when you asked me on September 27th, you had no idea. I, I might have said no. You know, we yeah. almost recorded yesterday. Exactly. We wouldn't we wouldn't have been talking spooky stuff. Mm. Are you are you a spooky boy? Are you a Halloween guy? You know, I used to watch I I feel like I grew up a spooky boy. I used to watch so many horror movies, so many bad horror movies in high school. Obsessed. I've right. seen the movie, in my opinion, the scariest movie in the history of movies, The Dentist Two. The you Dentist Two? Not, you've not seen it. A, a scary movie until you watch the dentist too, because the advances they made in the, in the mouth cam technology between the dentist one and the dentist two were just truly, truly, truly disturbing, distressing, awful, awful, awful. What awful, year awful. did the dentist two come out? I would estimate 1993, but it okay. had a name actor as the dentist. It had like a real, it had a high enough budget to have an actor that you have heard of playing dentist, dentist. Quaid. Yes, it was Dentist Quaid. Uh, it was Corbin Burnson. Oh, all uh, right. Corbin Burnson just torturing people in their mouths. Hot off what? Major League Three, uh, back yeah. to the minors or whatever. And weirdly, like, I, maybe this isn't that weird. Just as an adult, I'm just like, why would I watch a scary movie? Why would I do that to myself? Like people, like, uh, like, uh, 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 my sister in law is really into this scary that scary movie, Mandy. Uh, in the desert with the lady, and she's like, "Yes, gotta watch Mandy." And we're just like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rewatch a Christopher Guest mockumentary." Yeah, or, I don't. I don't want to be scared. I'm scared of yeah. everything uh, in real life. Everything that I encounter, yeah. day to day, um, yeah, it scares the hell out of me. Why yeah, do I want? I'm, some... I'm I'm scared enough of how tall they've made the hood on Ford F1 hit fifties. That if you're driving a Ford F-150, you can't see anyone shorter than five feet tall. That's scary. That's a scary thing about American society. Yeah. You know, I don't have to I don't have to be worrying about I didn't, I didn't even see, you know, Jordan Peele. I, I loved his first two movies. Didn't even go see his third movie. Just came oh, out, you didn't just straight up skipped it. I was like, seems what scary. did you say? Hey, People, what did you then, say? What, was, what was your one word uh, 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 assessment of whether you're going to go see it, that movie? It was no way. Yep, no exactly. way. Yeah. And I uh, then then like the the reviews, like the chatter hit and it was like, actually, not that scary. Not that spooky. Mostly movie about animals. And I was like, nope, nope still not going to see it. Yeah. Um, I feel like ever since um, my wife and I had a child, um, I'm especially like, nah, I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to I don't be reminded of uh, what can be terrifying in this world. Yeah, were you were you ever? Are you like like me? Did you used to be a spooky boy and you've aged out of spooky boyism? I wouldn't say I was ever a spooky boy, but I think I was. I, I was somebody who would watch anything, right? I wasn't like a hardcore. Like, did you, you did know. you say you're someone who'd watch say anything? You think the movie Say Anything is a horror movie? It's That's uh, a- it's it's uh, he's. Uh, it's got that night, that terrifying night scene when he's on the on the lawn stalking that woman's house. Right, this is that's the movie with the boombox, right? Am I crazy? Yeah, that's, say anything? The, that's the scene. This I'm is your about. this is your horror movie. Okay, I, I would, okay. So you were a spooky boy, a spooky boy for John Cusack. Yeah, and John Mahoney. Okay, okay. John Mahoney and yeah, didn't I, say I, anything. I don't never. I was never like a goth or anything. I feel like those are the true, the true people that are looking forward like all yeah. year round to Halloween, stretching it out. Did you do like the midnight, um, the midnight uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show ever? No, time? no, no. It's never. I considered in the early two thousands hitting up uh, for a minute. There was doing uh, the midnight Donnie Darkos um, in in Manhattan. I haven't seen it. It's too scary for me. Mm. I aged out of being a spooky boy before I saw Donnie Darko. Now wow. people are like. You haven't seen Donnie Darko? You got to see it. And I'm like, that's Noah Wiley's finest moment. There's a scary rabbit. He plays a rabbit, I assume. He plays uh, an English teacher, I think. Okay. Maybe a math teacher. 
I know nothing about the movie, nothing about it. And it's become a major, major cultural touchstone. I'm, 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 you know what? After we're done, I'm going to read the Wikipedia article. I, I, I feel, I feel like you don't even need to. I, I think that was one where, um, you, uh, a couple of years out, like I think in 2022, people are like, Donnie Darko, come on. Like, uh, what were we all thinking? It was kind of like, remember how uh, Garden State at the time wasn't, um, mm. you know, uh, it was like, ah, a cute little uh, rom com, indie rom com. That's what and fools then, thought. Fools, and now fools everybody's like, by Garden State. You fucking asshole! You like that oh movie? Oh my god, that was that was a really depressing experience for me. Going to see Garden State with friends who loved it and just being like, "My friends are morons." Yeah, my friends. And not that, a shin guy. It makes me sound like a phil- that makes me sound like a philistine. It wasn't like a huge thing going to the movie theater, but like I maybe was watching it with a friend who'd already seen it and liked it, and I was just like, I don't know. There's that one thing in the trailer where like he drives away from the gas station, and then like. He looks back at his car and the gas nozzle is still in his car after he's driven away from the gas station. And that mm-hmm. was like the big moment in the trailer. And like after I watched the movie, I was like, that was the one that was that that part was good. That one part in the trailer where, where yeah. he drove away from the gas station and the gas nozzle was still in his it's a, it's car. A, it's a good uh, comedic set piece. Yeah. I don't remember anything else about that movie. Yeah, well, his shirt I mean, matched what, the wallpaper at one point. As I mean, I there's become the meme. That it just has that one meme that's like, "What is it like? Listen to this; it'll change your life." Mm-hmm. But I don't think people. I don't people think people look at that kindly. Any no. the, the movie anymore? No. Good use of the song, as I recall, "The Only Living Boy in New York." But I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't recall. Sa- yeah, it context. had a good soundtrack, and it. I think it did make that was not a highly rated uh, Simon and Garfunkel song. Only Living Boy in. New York, but it's coming back around. People like it now. I like it. Um, maybe it was that movie. I think it was. So, yeah, frankly, maybe pretty, it's time pretty, for an Andrew reevaluation of Garden State. Pretty spooky song, if you ask me. Only Living Boy in New York. It I reminds know. Reminds me of the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. That's a pretty spooky movie. That's a pretty spooky movie. Might be, might, might be the last scary movie I watched. Not a bad movie. Beefed it in the third act, but hey, what, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um. So you're not like a Halloween guy, have you ever? Or like, do, have you ever? You're probably too old for this. Have you ever owned any Nightmare Before Christmas merch in any way? I don't think I have ever owned any Nightmare Before Christmas merch. What 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 Nightmare Before Christmas merch are you sporting? I don't know. Just anything at uh, like Hot Topic. You know how like they're year round like Jack Skellington people who are just like, yeah, this is this is my guy. And then like October rolls around and they're like, all right, now now it's my turn yeah. time to shine. And, Check out my many Jack Skellington tattoos. And it's a confusing movie because is it a Christmas movie or is it a Halloween movie? Maybe you start wearing those shirts at Christmas and that person is wearing them through Halloween. Exactly. And then they they just aren't wearing them for November until like Thanksgiving. But then Christmas starts again the day after Thanksgiving. Exactly. So it's it's November. They have to, you know, that's when they wear their like uh, Jack Sparrow shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Jack Sparrow. Skellington to Sparrow. It's Sparrow season. Then you have your pumpkin is pie. That, is that shirt a shirt with Jack Sparrow on it, or is it like a Jack Sparrow style blouse? And they're wearing the wig and the and the red bandana. Oh no, I'm thinking it's a t-shirt, a black t-shirt with a very yeah. very large close-up okay. picture of Captain Jack Sparrow. Okay, a Hot Topic t-shirt and not a a Jack Sparrow cosplay, which might actually be reserved for the night itself that we're talking about halloween night Halloween. Goes jack sparrow bring it all back yeah so you're you're skellington and you can still be skellington on halloween by default but also you're zhuzhing it up with with a uh, you know you're you're skellington isn't a, a costume it's a way of life right mm-hmm. that's that's what i'm thinking uh so you can still you can still be you know, you don't have to be wearing your T-shirt to be living the Skellington lifestyle, which is Halloween uh, above all else. Yeah, I, I would say that I'm very much not a Skellington person. I'm a person who generally like 
if I'm thinking about my Halloween costume more than one to two weeks in advance of Halloween, I'm like, wow, I really worked hard this year. Right. You got yeah. you got anything in the work? I mean, I guess it's you know, it's a full month out. You got anything you know, in the works? Last year, I felt like I had a pretty good Halloween costume. This was really disheartening for me. And then it was mocked by people at the party I was at. I was like, oh finally. Gosh. I was like, finally, I have a really good Halloween costume. And then people were like, huh, like, whoa, like the really last minute, huh? And I was like, no. Do you I, mind if I ask? Well, well, it was there. It here, was. A, well, do you remember? Was it was it a pun question? Uh, a no, pun, it wasn't uh, a pun. Are there's a really big dog costume festival here mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you let people know that your neighborhood is the Timothy neighborhood. And we, we, my in-laws have a dog and they decided to dress the dog up for their, um, for the big like neighborhood Halloween parade. And he was a astronaut or he was That's a, a spaceship dog costume. He was a oh, spaceship. And then my wife was an itself. astronaut. My, my in-laws made all the costumes, but they were too ashamed to be involved where my wife and I weren't, did none of the work, but weren't too ashamed to go on stage with the dog. Okay. This is a stage in front of hundreds of people. I know. Um, and it's a circuit. <laughs> like they. Yeah, right? there's judge. There's judging. The yeah, city yeah. councilwoman was there. Yeah, like, yeah. you know. Important um, work. Yeah. Uh, so Buzz is in the spaceship. Uh, Casey was an astronaut. And I was the moon. And I'd, I'd cut out these two big round white pieces of uh, like. I don't know what's thicker than poster board, but like poster board that you buy at an art store. I can't remember. I don't know. And maybe if I, you know, oh, you know what? This wasn't my fault. I had I'd purchased like a big moon thing that would was like really going to look like a map of the moon. Mm-hmm. And then like two days before Halloween, I emailed the guy and was like, "Hey, where's my moon?" And he was like, "I'm so sorry, I did not ship it. Here's a refund." So I was kind yeah. of like, you know, I was kind of behind the eight ball. I went to this party with this huge cutout poster board thing, but it's thicker than poster boards. So it's like with, you know, like with kind of like the ribbing inside. Yeah, it's really yeah, stiff. yeah. I can't remember what, mm-hmm. the, what that's called. Like I'm bumping into people at the party. I can't stop bumping into people. The host of the party is like, I love it when people come to Halloween parties with, you know, like huge costumes like yours that just make other people uncomfortable. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You love that. <laughs> but you know what? Like people made fun of my moon costume. But where it came back around and all of a sudden my costume was amazing was in all the photographs of the party because everyone had their flash on. And because that white poster board mm. material was so reflective, you like could not see me. The photos were of like Casey <laughs> and this big white orb like a moon. And I was like barely there. And it was like I hadn't thought about the photographic uh, outcomes of wearing a huge, basically like what is like a huge film, like a bounce right that you'd have Meant like on a to, film yeah. set. Um, so yeah, when but, you said earlier that you were like planning yours for weeks, um, that was they like, were, I they was were, ordering it from Amazon 10 days in advance and then it wasn't showing up two days in advance. That's my version of planning a Halloween. Right. Costumes. And you were being dunked on not for the concept, but for the execution and by your own admission, you pulled that together in what twenty four hours? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I went for all intents and purposes. Like I could be like, "Oh, you know what I'm gonna be," uh, and then insert something elaborate here, Captain Jack Sparrow, right? Mm-hmm. And look, we're thirty days away from from Halloween, and then if I wake up October thirty first before the, the and be like oh i'm just gonna pull whatever blouse i have and whatever scarves i have and whatever mm-hmm. big round earrings i have um then and people would be like oh you didn't put a lot of effort into it and i w- i couldn't say like how dare you i've been planning this since october 1st because you still pulled everything together morning of yeah afternoon of even i mean that's what makes captain jack sparrow one of the greatest Halloween costumes of all time, not like a good Halloween costume, but I guess like the most seen Halloween costume is it's like a hundred percent a costume you can assemble from your girlfriend's or wife's closet. Right. You're just like, I need a white open blouse. I need like maybe a black pair of jeans and a wig, I guess you're done. Yeah. Well, that's why, uh, I don't know. That's why those movies are so beloved. 
so everybody can pull it together. Yes, that's why each one of those movies is very good. Everything about all of them are beloved by everybody. Yeah. Andrew, let's pivot to the topic at hand here. Okay, I'm ready. Well, real, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just the guest host, Tim, but we'll, we'll, I, I just, I didn't ask what was your last Halloween costume. Ooh, I don't know that I've dressed up in a very long time. Wow, how the tables have turned. You're not a Halloween boy. Oh, I'm not a Halloween boy. I, I, put, all, I put my heart and soul into Halloween month, um, the, the complete guide to everything. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was shocked. No shade here. I was shocked. Andrew was at a, was at a freaking Halloween party in uh, October of 2021. I remember the Delta variant being a being a being running rampant, or the beginning of the Omicron. Um, so I was surprised. I was just like, I'd love to go to a Halloween party. I don't mm. think I've been invited to a Halloween party, not because of COVID. I think probably since 2013. It's tough, also, for. Do you sympathize here, like for a bearded? Uh, person like it's hard to be like a, a, a pop culture figure who's hmm. not like famously bearded hmm. Hmm. I will say that what I what I saw is the most I mean you're already ragging on me for going to a Halloween party in the era of COVID I'm not ragging on you I'm, I'm impressed you're impressed or ra- I mean I'm more like hey the sense of what pride party I was feel, this and why wasn't I invited I mean I don't feel great about going to parties at all anymore but no, this I like, party I like was parties. in the West Village it was very crowded that's like the most popular neighborhood in New York City for Halloween mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of bars that have parties there the Halloween parade is there in New mm-hmm. York City and the I'm pretty sure this character has a beard the character who like every fourth man was dressed up as last year and great news beard also great news extremely low effort ted lasso ted lasso so many ted lassos just like a tracksuit a visor kind of like an attitude but ted lasso has a beard right and you've got to he's, convince got, he's your, got a mustache yeah and you've got to convince your girlfriend to or wife to dress up as like one of the two or three hot lady characters right which um not an issue it's Halloween. It's Halloween. You get people people are primed, prepped to dress up in a costume. Yes. So it's just uh, I'm always asking my wife, dress up like this hot lady, please. Hmm. Even not 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 on Halloween. Hmm. I get slapped a lot. <laughs> I get hit with a big old frying pan sometimes. Hmm. Uh, yeah, like in the comics. Yeah, when you're when you're. What, your wife's been working all day to to bake a pie, and you're exactly. out mowing the you're out mowing the lawn. You just sneak over to the windowsill to taste your wife's pies. Clank. I don't know uh, what your dynamic, my household dynamic is like. Uh, the uh, speaking of um, newspaper comics, which we will be. Uh, the Lockhorns. Do you know the Lockhorns? Have you no, ever seen no, this? It's a, it's a one panel strip of this. Uh, it's a one-panel comic of, I guess, a middle-aged co- uh, couple that just fucking hate each other. Um, they're just mean to each other. So Loretta and uh, I don't know some some lazy husband, um, and it's just one panel of you know every day you open up the newspaper and. Uh, you know, it's either him ragging on her cooking or her saying that he doesn't make enough money in like terrible ways. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, Does she we, hit him get with a, a fr- we get a snapshot of a real unhappy marriage here. Did she hit him with a frying pan sometimes? Yeah, there's yep, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, people die a that rolling way. pin. I think a rolling pin more more that's, often. That's that is a murder weapon sometimes. You know, you just, you just, you the frying pan's right there. You hit someone in the heat of the moment with a frying pan. They're dead. That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I learned? If I don't want this to come back to haunt me, but if I ever had to murder somebody, but if something was gonna, if there was gonna be a month for you to be haunted, this is oh, it. Spook- Halloween, heck? Halloween month. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I learned from an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents that I saw once on Nick at Night. You want to murder somebody? Uh, get a uh, leg of lamb, freeze oh. it, bam, and then 
eat the leg of lamb. Hmm. The most important part, if I recall, all of my all of my relatives of a certain generation have recounted this episode to me. I've never seen the episode, but the most important part is not that you eat the leg of lamb, is that you feed it to the cop who's investigating. Oh for yeah, the exactly. And then at the very end of the episode, the cop says, "I don't know." But I feel like the answer is right underneath our noses. Cut to black. Because it's the you, lamb. It, the lamb is right underneath their nose. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I get They're it. They're eating it. I'm, I'm amazed that uh, this has been recounted to you by other people and mostly yeah. older relatives of yours. My aunt Not really, my young, aunt really liked that episode. Gen Z friends and neighbors. You were watching on Nick and Knight. My aunt was probably watching it OG. OG yeah. uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yeah, um, I you know this is actually really solving a a mystery for me because I I thought it was an episode of Columbo and I've been watching Columbo and I'm like where's that fucking Lake of Lamb uh, episode? You're watching Columbo. We're yeah, watching Columbo. Uh, I started. It was hard. It was a hard sell for for my family. I I got into it, but like how many episodes did I really watch? Two or three. You know, same, like how how same. exciting how exciting can Columbo be? It was made in the nineteen seventies and eighties. You know what? It 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 coasts completely on uh, Peter Falk's charisma. Yeah, and guess what? Plentiful, plentiful charisma. But we live in a world where the Jason Bourne movies have been made, and we want sh- the shaky cam, and we want the editing, and we want the special effects. Not me. I want to sit and I want to know who did it. Um, th- th- who done it, as it were, within right the, the first two minutes? Yeah, I, I didn't realize that that was Columbo's thing. You know who that in other shows yeah. you don't know who did it. In Columbo, you know who did it right at the beginning before yeah. you even see Columbo. Yeah, and then you think, oh no, he's he doesn't have any clue what's going on. Guess what? He's playing dumb. Hmm. I think we could all learn a lot. I'm I'm always I I need to learn from Columbo. I'm always uh, showing my whole hand at hmm. all times. Hmm. Could read me like a book. Oh. I'm afraid of looking dumb. Columbo is yeah. just like, it's an advantage looking dumb. Well, I got to run, Tim, but just one more thing. Tell me about that frying pan you have hanging up on the wall. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Andrew, enough beating around the bush. We're, we're both either former spooky boys or not spooky boys nobody cares everybody's here for that 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 peanuts action 
We I, want we want Linus. We want Lucy. We want freaking Charlie Brown. I'm obsessed with the peanuts. I'm 100% obsessed with the peanuts. I've read a lot of peanuts books. I read them on the daily when Schultz was still cranking them out. Mm-hmm. I'm kind Sparky. of proud. I'm kind of proud. Kind of embarrassed to admit that I've been in stage production of your good man Charlie Brown. Ooh, dude, I know this about you. I think I probably didn't. Uh, who'd you play? Let me guess. Schroeder was Schroeder in it. Schroeder is one of the six characters. That's one of the six characters. I was Ooh. Linus. You were Linus. I was oh, Linus. man the uh, the 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 believer in the great pumpkin himself. The believer in the great pumpkin himself. I don't think there's any great pumpkin action in the stage musical that I recall. No, not He's that more I'm focused aware on. Of. I mean, like you don't have as much time to get into that. You just focus on Linus's main thing, which is his blanket. Right. Just just deal with that in the stage musical. Right. Um, the only thing I know about that is uh, the 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 title song, I guess. Um, You're a good man, yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah. It's a, You're the it's a, kind of it's a toe tapper we need. Yeah. Yes, it's fine. It's fine. The thing is, that sentiment is never expressed um, in any of the television specials, or ever really in the um, in the comic strip at all. Right. If you were to watch the television specials without the title. You'd be like, wow, I love this comic strip about this really nice kid, Linus. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like in the Christmas one, Linus has that moment where he like does the reading from the book of Luke about yeah. about Jesus with the Christmas tree. And it's like, even if you're not religious, like it will bring a tear to your eye, just like how beautifully directed and acted that moment is. Like here, like this whole thing is about like Charlie Brown's getting rocks and missing his missing his football kick as usual. Right. Lin- Linus is like, we must have what, what's the what's the word he keeps using? We must have the most sincere pumpkin. Yeah, punch. yeah. There's no hypocrisy here. If you were to watch that, you'd be like, the title of this is Linus. Goddamn, fucking loves pumpkins. He does fucking love pumpkins, and also like, look, just want to. Skip to we're we're gonna go through the the the, the plot synopsis because uh, I I don't think everybody listening probably watched it the way that we did. Um, this it's classified as a movie, but it's twenty five minutes long. No, it's a TV special, right? Um, but at the end, Linus should be you know down in the dump. Sally like freaking loses it on him, and he's always just, like everything's rolling off his back. He's keeping everything in perspective. A nice little boy, that Linus. Yeah. And that's such a sweet moment, you know. Lucy's been such a terrible person the whole the whole show, just like she always is. Yep. But she's the one who carries Linus back to bed. It's very, very, What's very sweet. What's Lucy's deal? Huh. What is her deal? I've never, th- I, I've ne- I've never thought of it that, frankly, honestly. I always kind of considered her to be a fictional character, just a mean person that had been created by an author as a foil, but I'd never really stepped back and thought, what's her fucking deal? Right? Why doesn't she chill out? I mean, do we, I guess you answered the question. We do see a redeeming moment when she goes out at four in the morning and carries Linus in from the pumpkin patch and tucks him into bed. Sweet Linus. But like, God damn! This is, what a miserable person. Like she grew up to be somebody that, like, you see, like at a Target, um, you know, raising a stink, right? Yeah. Yeah. She works at the Social Security office, and she gets mad at you when you show up without the right documents. Yeah. Not that that's happened to me recently. <laughs> uh, Tim, did this movie hit any differently for you? You think now that you have had a child? Um. I don't think so. I watched the first few minutes with my child. We try not to, you know, he's still young for TV. Um, he really liked, uh, what is it, Vince Guaraldi? Is that anything? Yes. Um, he, I mean, he likes the song Linus and Lucy, and who doesn't? Yeah. That song rules. Um, so, like, he pepped up when, when that was there. Um, Did he do the little dance that Charlie Brown does where he goes, so it's like, he like does his shoulders and does his feet? 
you're doing shoulders and feet. Um, did, no, did he do, didn't do that that dance. Do, he was no, sitting on my do. lap. He, but he did. He he clapped the correct his hands. Dance, the correct dance. Time. It's yeah, not it's just, like you're you're doing the wrong dance. Like uh, you know, a stage parent. Like I taught you the peanuts dance. Your your head goes. You 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 look at the ceiling. Uh, your feet go like akimbo. Is that right? Right, like your feet. Your 100% toes are hundred percent akimbo. Yeah. Um, and then you just, uh, you know, you start kicking, yeah. start kicking yeah. out. Um, no, he did. Um, but, uh, he got tired of it. I think he liked the vibe. I like the vibe. Um, it's a real melancholy vibe. Um, it is just a vibe piece. The piece is about the vibes. And I, I admit, you know, I, my, I have, I have a young daughter who, is too young to appreciate this, but I have I have a niece and two nephews that I spend a lot of time with who are like presumably in the the pocket for the age group that this was created for and whenever it was made. What was it made in? Like 66. 66? Yeah. Presumably in 1966, they were like, we're making this for seven-year-olds, which is what my nephews are. It's very hard for me to imagine my seven-year-olds enjoying this because... Uh, children's media does not have the space anymore. <laughs> Nothing made for kids is paced this slowly and this weirdly anymore. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, yeah, but I let. I wish. I wish we could all get behind it. I wish seven-year-olds could just like chill out and be like, "Hey, guess what? Just gonna watch this mood piece about a bunch of weird kids." Can I yeah. read some one-star ratings from Amazon.com? Yeah, I uh, love that. And tell me your thoughts, because I, I this is this is uh, this comes from Joy, yeah, okay. entitled "Poor Role Modeling." Wow! In the first three minutes, Charlie Brown uses the word "stupid" to describe himself. And tells a friend that you just want me to kill myself. Um, not for my kids. We stopped it right there. Life is too short and too full of wonderful things to waste time f- uh, filling innocent little minds with this quote unquote classic trash. Classic the trash, Charlie Brown. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Dan writes terrible messaging just a bunch of bullies thought this would be a nice family movie that we could watch with our four year old daughter my wife and I were both shocked when we started watching it absolutely shocked very little if any redeeming messages just a bu- just a bunch of kids bullying each other the humor in it is half decent for little kids and sometimes funny for adults um, but I still can't believe how mean and nasty most of these kids are. It's terrible messaging, and I don't recommend this to anyone with children. Stick with Curious George. <laughs> that freaking precocious monkey. Oh, man. Were there, are, did any of the one-star reviews address that approximately 15% of the piece is a World War One movie? No. <laughs> Which that would be that's that's the uh, that's the knock for me. Look, yeah. I'm sorry the one the World War One flying ace in search of the Red Baron. It's not and doing then he's, it. Then me. he's shot down in France, and you're like, man, France is France has been ruined. You yeah. see the hor- you see, you don't really see the horrors of war, but you kind of see the horrors of war. You're like. You're like the granddads and dads who are like Korean War and World War II veterans who are watching this on Halloween with their kids. Like, yeah, yeah. They might they might have gotten sent back a little bit, a little too much. You know, it's yeah. Like the blasted out French countryside was a little too real for me. I thought it was also funny in the middle of that. Not that the blasted out French countryside. It's, it's funny. Uh, I thought it was a. Uh, funny how in the middle of that sequence they had to have a charlie brown voiceover to remind everybody that this was like a peanuts thing because like as this dog dressed up as a world war one flying ace that got shot down is one like they had to be like and now the dog who is imagining himself as a world war one flying ace <laughs> imagines pretends to be wandering the french countryside or that's something that's got to be that's got to be a last minute studio note right <laughs> yeah. like they turned that in and the studio was like could we 
Could we mention that this is an imagination part for the kids? Because this part's been going on for what feels like 15 minutes in the middle of like, yeah. we thought we were getting jack-o'-lanterns and trick-or-treating. I um, was like, this part, this it was it was surprisingly close to the movie 1917 for me. Oh, really? I was like, I was like wow, this is in, I, I wasn't in World War One, so I, I can't. I can't be sent ah, back you're to being the modest. PTSD you were in World, World War I. One. I was just sent back to the PTSD of watching the movie 1917, which I didn't really like. Why? Because it's too much like a video game? That's what I heard. I didn't see the film. Yes, that's exactly how I felt. I felt like it was too much like a video game. Yeah. I, I even had a specific joke about that. There's that scene where they like they get like a cup of milk. And then, like later, he saves a baby with his cup of milk that he's gotten. Oh, and it was, was in I was his like, satchel, yeah, or something, yeah. Like and he I was opened like, up this his. Is, this is the second time the guy beat the game. The first time he didn't, he didn't do the save the baby, the French baby side quest. He saved all the troops, but was like, oh, I gotta go back and play the game again to get the milk at the milk farm and give the milk to the French baby. Mm. It just, yeah, it felt like a side quest to me. Well. uh... Well, I'm glad I didn't see that movie. Glad I didn't watch it. I'm um, also glad you didn't watch it. Uh, I watched uh, 1941 one time, and I was like, I'm done watching movies with uh, that are named after years. I didn't That's, enjoy this. Is that good? Should I watch it? I never actually saw it. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna go through all the Spielbergs, um, yeah. and then I didn't want to watch the first one. Uh, yeah. There was a 1941 video game at at a watering what? hole in my hometown. Wait, based on the film? Based on the based film. On the, and I would the, play the, it. The only Spielberg flop that exists? And I think my dad explained to me, like, oh, yeah, this is a video game based on, like, like the movie 1941 that, like, the same guy that made E.T. and he made Indiana Jones. And I was like, wow, so this movie must be really good. And my dad was just like, no, <laughs> it's not. Actually, the exact same conversation we had about the traveling wheelbarrow. Exactly, years later. you told me that, <laughs> that, that uh, another time, where he explained to you who Wait, was the in the four traveling wheelbarrow. Greatest wheelbars. rock and rollers ever are in the same band. Five greatest rock and rollers they must be the greatest band ever, Dad. No, no, they're they're, they're okay. fine. Yeah, they got one okay. or two good songs. Yeah. Uh, uh, what but, was your What was your favorite part of uh, the Charlie Brown Halloween? Tim, was there um, was there one of the of the mini subplots that that really pulled at your heartstrings, or maybe okay. you want to give it a one star review? No, 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 no. I like I like the vignettes. I I I, I do understand like when Charlie Brown says to Lucy, Lucy with the football, and this is the first time it's portrayed um, in animated. Uh, this is the third Peanuts special. The first okay. one was the Christmas special. Um, and then they did one about sports, like you're a good sport, Charlie Brown or something. Okay. And um, they didn't do the football in that? They didn't. Hmm. Um, this was the first time. Because they wanted to portray good sportsmanship. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so the Lucy with the football, I think like only because um, it's been memed so much and it's such a good uh, metaphor for, for so many uh, things in modern life. Um I enjoy, I enjoyed that, and I I thought a lot, a lot. There were a lot of like little vignettes here, and I was just like, oh yeah, they're essentially like freaking comic strips. Like this is written by Charles Schultz. I'm not sure how much of this was actually lifted from the comic strips. Right, right, um, right, right, right. But all right, here's what hit for me. First, right, thing, like like Lucy at the end of that whole vignette saying like, mm, it wasn't notarized. Like that's yeah. a, that's a. That's a it's, Sunday afternoon punchline of, yeah, exactly. of a football thing. Exactly. She she gave him a signed contract stating that she wouldn't pull it away. She pulls it away, falls on his ass. The contract floats into her hand. She said, funny thing about this contract, it's never notarized. There's at least one one-star Amazon review, right, that's like, this is going great, my kids adored it, and then... The the punchline was about something being notarized. My kids did not get that. I mean, that's that's this whole the punchline for Sally leaving uh, uh, Linus is I demand restitution, right? Like it's like <laughs> all right. Two things. Number one, 
how do you feel about the casting uh, of uh, children to voice the children instead of uh, adult voice actors to do kid voices? A lot like the Muppet Babies. I think it's so gorgeous. I think they do a brilliant job. And in both this and the Christmas special that I've seen four or five times, mm-hmm. it's just, it's it's so heartwarming to me in real. And like, I don't know, even those those parents, like, like no part of me while I was watching this was like, this is bad for Charlie Brown to say he wants to kill himself. No part of my mind thought of that. Maybe I will think about that when my child is five years old. But just like the pathos of the kid actor and like the pathos of like, a kid will say that to themselves. Like, kids yeah. feel bad. People feel bad about themselves. Like, it 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 hits for me. Yeah, I like it. I, sometimes it does feel like it's a third grader reading a report, and it's very rote. But I think that's also charming. You it's know, very like, with, and the number two is like, uh, I. Uh, how do you feel about the fact that um, the dialogue is not true? to the vocabulary of what are they supposed to be like eight-year-olds yeah linus is always talking about uh the sincere <laughs> yeah the sincere pumpkin patch and he's talking about that he doesn't want any hypocrisy and yeah the restitution i, I uh, mean that's, that's the charm of peanuts the charm of pe- like my i would go to my group then visit my grandparents and they had like whole books that were like the wisdom of linus <laughs> that were like you know strips where linus is very wise and like like some of these were just like kind of more pop books and some of them were like religious books that my grandparents had purchased about like, I don't know, sometimes Peanuts would get kind of in a religious mode and it's like... Yeah, Charles Schultz is a very religious man. Yeah, Linus was dropping some really major wisdom nuggets in there and like it was, uh, anachronistic isn't the right word, but like what made it beautiful and strange is that this is a, a the, the wisest of the Peanuts is the one who's dragging around his security blanket he's presumably the one in in need of the most wisdom if he has a security blanket but uh but uh he's he's dropping the nuggets you know the interesting fact about charles schultz that i happen to know um tim do you know that he was the biggest i I didn't know he was religious but he was he was Mm -hmm. very religious yeah yeah there Um, in near he was he was associated i want to say with like billy graham in certain way like uh Mm. was like maybe wrote speeches for him or something like um like in his early days oh, i didn't know that yeah N- near where i grew up is the national it is not well known that this memorial exists but near where i grew up is the national d-day memorial okay. and it was created i believe mostly maybe entirely with private funds there must have been some government funds but there were a lot of private funds involved in making it and it was put in this really small town in Virginia. I'm pretty sure it's in Bedford, Virginia, because this is awful. The highest percentage of people from a town to die in D-Day was Bedford. Just oh, like, wow. Just like a ton of people from Bedford were in the companies that fought in D-Day, and a lot of them died. And the biggest donor was Charles Schultz. Charles hmm. Schultz just like heard about it somehow, and he was just like just gave a shit ton of money to the D-Day Memorial. Seems like a good dude. Yeah, he seems like a great dude. I think didn't he own a, like didn't he own an ice skating rink in Maybe. California? Because he was just so rich, he was like, I, sh- I should have an ice skating rink. I have this biography of Charles Schultz that I was drunk at a friend's house years ago, um, and as I was leaving, I was like, Ah, oh, you read that Charles Schultz biography? He's like, yeah, it's really good. I was like, I'm going to take that. And he's like, all right, let's bring it back. And I was like, all right, this is like 2013. I took it, and then I never read it because I, I wasn't all that interested. I was drunk. We'll, we'll go back to the glossary, see if there's an entry for ice skating rink. There we go. There is, I, some, there is some stuff about... Uh, there's, there's, a not, lot, there's a lot of ice skating in Peanuts, and I feel like it was just his hobby, and he was just like, I'm fucking rich as hell. Selling uh, Charlie Brown bobbleheads. Oh on, my gosh! On an ice skating rink. Yeah, um, ice skating. See also Redwood Empire Ice Arena. Oh, let's let's go there. Yeah, Red. I I I would assume that's that's. The, oh my gosh! Yeah, building of children community. Yeah, marital discord during building of. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's a big oh, ice man. skater, apparently, judging by the index of this uh, this Charles Schultz, Schultz biography. Which I assumed you had read before, like you read it today before the recording of this podcast, but rather nah, you just I brandishing did, it I looked as up a brag Great Pumpkin that you haven't read it. In the index. Um, all right, so the main through line for this, right, is Linus... Uh, is a little boy with a security blanket, um, and uh, all the kids are, you know, dressing up, getting ready to go trick or treating, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to the pumpkin patch, which is like yeah. right around the corner from them, conveniently." And Linus um, is this is the brother of Lucy. This yeah, is always kind of inexplicable. She's the meanest character in all Peanuts. Yeah, and he's the sweetest, wisest security blanket needing guy. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I believe in the Great Pumpkin, who's like a kind of Santa Claus-like fi- uh, figure for Halloween, right? And the Great Pumpkin will emerge from the pumpkin patch on Halloween night. And what what is he? He's like gives toys. It will emerge from the most sincere pumpkin patch in the world and give toys to all the boys and girls. Right. Um, and everybody is just fucking ragging on Linus for this. <laughs> They're like, Linus, you asshole, you dumb shit. And that's this is why I can the the one star reviews were were justified because I didn't think that language was was uh, <laughs> was suitable for my child at least. It's amazing they got it past the censors in 1966. Yeah, uh, CVS. This preempted my three sons to to run, and uh, I don't think anybody ever called anybody. Uh, nobody called. Uh, little Eddie on My Three Sums of dumb shit for believing in Santa Claus or whatever. Um, but uh, they, uh, they're they ragging on him, and he goes, and then Sally, who is uh, Charlie Brown's younger sister, has a bit of a crush on Linus, and she goes with him, and they forego trick-or-treating to wait for the great pumpkin to emerge um, even though everybody tells Linus that, you know, this doesn't exist, yeah. right? That's, that's kind of like, there's a small little linguistic artifact there that made me think like, this doesn't feel that far away from me because I grew up reading Peanuts, but like, this is an old ass artifact that they kept saying like, let's do tricks or treats. And oh I was yeah. Like, man, I was like, man, nobody says tricks or treats anymore. It's been a, it's been a while since somebody was saying that like this, this came out what 60 years ago this came out almost 60 years ago sheesh um yeah i mean it's old it's old but uh it's fine um can i can i read there's there's very little about this special there's nothing in this uh, about the special in this biography, this substantial nothing. biography of Schultz. But there's a little bit. The Great Pumpkin comes from the uh, the strip. You know, there are strips about that. So the theme of questioning and faith, which was central to um, Schultz's life, had emerged in the strip's Great Pumpkin sequences, where Linus, smart but simple had gotten ahead of himself in holidays and began to believe that an omnipotent pumpkin would appear on Halloween to serve good little children as Santa Claus did on Christmas. But of course, the great pumpkin does not come to lavish toys on all good little children. Linus performs a mitzvah every Halloween and going to the pumpkin patch to do what he must to be betrayed again. The reader does not discern any radiance of certainty the worshiper is not a light with enduring faith. He's hopelessly hyped up. Enthusiasm is a more modulated and cheering emotion. Um, uh, Schultz is saying, "Be careful what you believe." Is it? Do you do you get that message from from that here? Um, I I would say no. And I would say, I also find it like we're just talking about how Christian and how uh, waspy uh, uh, Charles yeah. Schultz is. I find it very unlikely that he ever th- thought while drawing Linus walking to the pumpkin patch. Now this is a mitzvah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, David McCallis might have, uh, the author of this book, Schultz and Peanuts, a biography. From, yeah. Uh, Harper yeah, I, Publishing. I, to me, uh, it, it's a message of hope and um, that when you hope, you're 
opening yourself up to being a moron in front of the entire world. Yeah. And we see that in the last scene when, you know, Linus digs his heels in that the great pumpkin is coming the next year. Once again, he's hoping. And once again, he's already preparing, you know, 364 days in advance. When they're, the sitting, when they're sitting at that wall, Andrew, you and I, mm. we live in the same neighborhood. We get together. Can we find a wall that we can sit at and have these conversations? Mm. That's yeah, cool. You get, you get those fat elbows, those peanuts elbows, you know, that like yeah. the round peanuts fat elbows. I love those when, the, when yeah. their elbows are hanging over the wall. Where Let's, Where's the... Where could we get one of those walls? I don't know. Let's find a wall. There's got to be a wall somewhere know, in the neighborhood. They that might we have can... those pigeon. They might have those pigeon sticks on them. The pigeon nails to keep oh, pigeons yeah. from it. That would keep our our fat, chubby, baby fat elbows off the wall too. Yeah. I got some huh. real baby fat. Right, the other mention of of the great pumpkin in this, and this, this is a little pointed. In 1965, this is before the TV special. Okay. Um, but when he had already uh, written The Great Pumpkin into some strips, uh, a woman uh, wrote uh, Charles Schultz a letter asserting that The Great Pumpkin was sacrilegious. Schultz wrote back saying that he was, quote, basically on her side, that the real sacrilege is Santa Claus, and that he had been trying to show this in The Great Pumpkin strips. Yeah, yeah, that's what The Great Pumpkin is. Right. I mean, it's like... He's so, like, I mean, first of all, that lady's dumb as a rock. Because. <laughs> Wait, also, it's, like, you gotta write to the guy that writes like, cartoon that draws cartoons. It's, it's like, fine. All of the other kid, only one kid thinks that the Great Pumpkin is coming, and all the other kids are like, you're a moron. Yeah. That's. that's uh, Everybody's <laughs> saying, fuck you, Linus, right to his face. Yeah, like. Like the author of the strip and even most of the characters of the strip know the Great Pumpkin does not exist. Right. And it is kind of like a, yeah, it's like a very, um, like, I don't know, a lot of really conservative um, churches do not, like really conservative Christian churches do not celebrate Christmas in America. Right. Like if you're like Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's some other, That's there's some other denominations that are just like, yeah, like, why would you lie to your kid about Santa? Because then, if you lie to your kid about Santa, when they find out... That's what happened to me. That's what happened lying, to me. And the whole thing was like... they're going to be like, wait, are you lying about Jesus, too? The whole thing was like, all right, uh, I'm on to you. So it's all... Yeah, okay, it's like, that's as cute. A child, as a child, you're like, yeah, the Holy Trinity. Jesus, God, Santa. Right. You pull Santa out, try to pull it, put in the Holy Spirit... Maybe never was never clear what that even was yeah. uh, to this day. It uh, still wasn't wasn't clear to the apostles either when they were yeah. up there in the in the higher room during Pentecost. Tim, let me tell you. All right. Well, I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I went to youth group a lot. Sorry, I went to a lot, a lot of youth group. Um, the yeah, it seems pretty clear that I don't know if you dig into the Great Pumpkin. It seems pretty clear that it's making fun of a lot of the Santa stuff. It rises yeah, up from the pumpkin patch. It rises up from the North Pole. It gives toys to every child on Earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't track. This All is, right. That lady's funny. Two great jokes. Number one opens with a fantastic joke. Linus and Lucy plays. Do 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 do. Who emerges from the house? Freaking Linus and Lucy. Awesome. Off to a great start. Okay. Walk into the pumpkin patch. Okay. Linus is looking. Oh, how about this pumpkin? Lucy's like, nah. How about this pumpkin? Nah. Gets this huge freaking pumpkin. Bring it back to the house. Lucy goes through a hole in the fence. Linus can't fit through. He has to roll it around. It's this whole thing. Um, and then uh, they get home. Lucy takes out a big knife, which I don't think Lucy should have access to a knife that big. I mean... Any of these kids, sure, 60s but kids Lucy, will know. But, 60s kids will know. But Lucy, who's a certified uh, freaking sociopath. Yeah. sociopath, should not have access mm, to a big knife, yeah. um, uh, cuts it open and starts scooping out the, the seeds and Linus yells. It starts, it starts crying and goes, I didn't know you were going to kill it. That, great that was great. Great bit. Uh, yeah. Just right out then, of a Sunday strip. Right exactly. out of a Sunday strip. Perfect punchline. And the other funniest joke, which Charles Schultz was against doing this three times. Oh. He didn't want to make it a running joke when they were all out trick-or-treating 
It's like, I got a candy bar. I got 35 cents. And then Charlie Brown goes, I got a rock. <laughs> that At least one one-star Amazon review is for that. Best joke in history. It's it's diminished. <laughs> it's it's diminished by being a, a running gag. They did it two more times, which the producers forced Charles Schultz to do. He knew what he was doing. You think it should have just been once? Just once. Because every time I got a rock, it's like, okay, I get it. It's now. It's, uh, what if it was something worse each time? Yeah, maybe. Like, I like got a, a second time a dog turd. I'm not even going to say what it should be the third time. Okay. But you know. A leg of lamb fed to him by Lucy. Yep, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking that he was killed with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did you know what my one of my favorite parts of 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 it was when the credits rolled? Did you see what one of the main credits was for uh for the for the folks who worked no. on the on the show was additional blandishment. <laughs> you don't All see right. that. You don't see that credit a lot no. in ho- in Hollywood. Additional blandishment. There wasn't enough blandishment, so they had to bring in some blandishers. I'm not really sure what it is. I think maybe it's just a joke about animating. I don't know. But but maybe, uh, I mean, like, what isn't blandishment on a film set? Everything is blandishing. Yeah. You're just blandishing up the picture. I mean, the 60s were weird. Maybe it was a real thing. This is before, like, a lot of, I don't know unionization in the film industry i don't know they just credit you with whatever it's like write your name down well, don't worry we'll put you in the credits somewhere hmm. i don't know Ugh, hey hey i'm spitballing here um <laughs> <laughs> uh the other thing all right so they they, they cut to freaking snoopy fly for 15 freaking minutes flying around on his doghouse and then schroeder they get schroeder and i like schroeder he's the piano playing boy um then yeah. he just plays world war one songs while snoopy dances for like another five minutes extremely missed opportunity to not get to one of the hearts of peanuts you know most important stories which is lucy having a crush on schroeder like yeah. every 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 you're going to get through 26 minutes of this and we're going to see bombed out France and not Lucy trying to kiss Schroeder. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Foolish. I, don't know. I mean everything every special doesn't need to have every storyline represented but um yeah. Um I d- uh, d- uh, just the, the he, he was dancing and like then he got sad when he played a sad song and then yeah. got perked up when he played a happy song. It's like we, we get it. You know, the it, the one ahead. other joke I could I could have lost, you know what I is the that I because I just I feel bad for this kid. That's probably what Charles Schultz wants. But does Pigpen always have to be so dirty? I mean, he shows Pigpen shows up in his ghost costume, his, and he's so dirty. His name is Pigpen, Andrew. Even I think he his, does always have to be so even dirty. Even through his ghost co- costume, he's so dirty and smelly that everyone's like, "Hey, Pigpen." And he's, he's like, "How do you know who I was?" I know, and he was so hopeful. He's like, "Nobody will ever recognize me here." And it's just like, you know, he was leaving his house. He's like, "This is great. This is the one time they're not going to comment on like, oh, here comes that dirty kid because they're not going to know. I'm going to have a sheet over me." <sighs> and, Poor I. I felt I felt bad for Pigpen. <sighs> All right. Um I watched a little making of documentary and uh one of the producers was like, Ah, Sally. The voice of Sally, a sweet little girl. Uh I forget her name. Uh oh, Kathy Steinberg. Kathy Steinberg was great. Her mother calls me, she done uh, she done most of her lines. Her mother called me, she's got a loose tooth. If she loses that tooth, I know she's going to have a lisp and she's going to ruin the whole picture. The whole picture is going to be garbage. So they uh, called the recording studio like late at night at a Sunday night, made this poor little girl do all of her lines before her tooth fell out. And he's like, and on the very last line, her tooth shot out of her mouth, but we got it. And it was a classic performance. That's a really heads up stage mom performance yeah the state, like i feel like if i was a stage mom i would i wouldn't be a good enough stage mom i just sort of be like tooth in tooth out who cares you know it if it's even cuter if she has a lisp that'd be great yeah, exactly. this stage mom was like i'm gonna be giving the producer 
like updates every half an hour about the state of my kid. And and it kept it kept her daughter in the picture, you know. Yeah. Kid stays in the picture. Uh if you like the show, find out more at tcgte.com. Uh, follow us on all the things. That's all at tcgte.com. Tom usually does the plugs, Andrew. Yeah. Um, so the only thing that I really know is um, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guide. Um, we have a whole thing there. It's books, the podcast. You get an extra hour episode every week. You get early ad free stuff. Hey, it's all great. Um, check that out. Andrew, Gregory, plug away. Well, Tim, if your fans know me, they probably know me from making YouTube videos. My, my brothers and I made Autotune the News. This summer, we made the song It's Corn. You might have heard that on TikTok or YouTube. But uh, because you're listening to a podcast, I'm, I'm going to plug my podcast. I've been posting a podcast with my brother, Evan. It's called Punch Up the Jam. Every week, we listen to one of the greatest hits in the history of the world. And we talk about the song. We review it. Uh, we, we talk about what we love. We talk about what we hate. And then at the end of it, we make a better version of that song. You've come on twice, Tim. You came twice. on and we talked about an Olivia Rodrigo song mm-hmm. um, that also had some sort of Billy Joel crossover Long Island vibes. And you came on when I was on paternity leave. You did a, yeah, a Beach did Boys I song. Yeah, I Get right? Around by the Beach Boys. Yeah. yeah, Beach Boys song. Yeah. Hmm. Good times. Fantastic I, show. I, I, I listened on paternity I, leave. Even if I was never on it, I'd still be listening to it every week. So uh, go check that out. It's very this, this embarrassing... Andrew and I can I can say this now since we're in the last two minutes of the show. Um, I'm glad you're doing this. I appreciate you coming on. I was under the impression that I was booking th- that that corn the the corn kid on um, on the show. The wires the got kid. crossed. The actual corn kid. I, yeah. I yeah, and you guys did the. <laughs> I, I can see what happened there. I reached yeah. out to the. Um, I'm mean, happy some, to have you here, but I thought, you know. Some people have called It's Corn the Song of the Summer, but, you know, it really should be the Song of the Fall. You know, it's the fall is the harvest season. You've got pumpkins, you've got corn, you've got the spooky month of October. Yeah. You should I mean, have that's had. Why, that's um, why it's gone. That's why you should have had Tariq on. I don't know if he's seen any scary movies, though. He's seven. <laughs> Has he seen uh, the dentist too? <laughs> Maybe. I yeah. pray. I pray he never watches the dentist too. <laughs> uh, Andrew, thank you so much for for being on. Um, yeah, uh, go listen to Punch Up the Jam. Go check it. I don't have to tell people to go check out the, the Gregory Brothers, but um, do it. I don't know. Well, that, thanks for having me on, Tim. Yeah, was this was spooky as hell. This spookiest fucking episode yet. Charlie Brown's is so spooky. (laughs) See you next week. Oh, just Tim. Yeah. One more thing. That was a HeadGum Podcast.